The views expressed on this episode of My Take Radio do not reflect the views, thoughts, or feelings of the My Take Radio staff, My Take Radio advertisers, or My Take Radio content partners. Listener and viewer discretion is advised. This coverage is live and uncensored, so if you have any small children present, you may want to have them leave the room. What's up, guys? My Take Radio episode 345, powered by Rageworks, broadcasting live Wednesday, March 30th, 2016. I'm your host, Rich, and our call-in number is 347-324-3541. Again, that call-in number, 347-324-3541. If this is your first time tuning into My Take Radio, My Take Radio is a variety show where I give my take on MMA, pro wrestling, gaming, and entertainment. Our MMA and wrestling shows air every Wednesday at 11 p.m. Eastern, 8 p.m. Pacific. Thursday nights, we shift focus to gaming and entertainment, airing at 11 p.m. Eastern, 8 p.m. Pacific. You can enjoy audio and video of the live show <clears throat> Excuse me, by heading over to mtrlive.com. There is a tabbed interface there to give you a couple of different options to watch the video feed. And there is also an audio-only option powered by Mixler. Of course, make sure to mute one of the feeds so you don't have any echoes while you're enjoying tonight's broadcast. The audio feed, in addition to being available via Mixler on mtrlive.com, can be heard also via the Mixler app. Find it for Android and iOS devices. For iOS, of course, you're going to head to iTunes. For Android, you're going to head to the Google Play Store, punch in Mixler, download the app, Enter My Take Radio and you are off to the races to enjoy live audio from My Take Radio or from Black is the New Black, who also do, do live shows on Mixler as well. Just punch either one of those in and you can enjoy a live version of the show when it is in progress. In addition to that, you can also use our call in number, not hit option one to enter the caller queue, and you'll be able to listen to the show that way as well. If you're not able to enjoy a live show, by all means, make sure to check out our archived editions. Uh, podcast versions of the live broadcast are available on iTunes, Stitcher, and TuneIn Radio. Video versions are available on our YouTube channel, Official Rageworks. Uh, a couple of announcements before we get into tonight's show, which is going to be uh, very packed. Um, of course, we got all the latest MMA news of the week. We are going to get into WrestleMania 32, the wrestling news of the week, the last Raw before WrestleMania, which involved a lot of sign pointing. I'm going to give my predictions. We will hopefully be joined by Quark 
from the Buried Show as well to break down WrestleMania and some of the week's wrestling news. And of course, we will take your calls as always, 347-324-3541. Again, that call in number 347-324-3541. So let's get into the housekeeping first because there's a couple of things and a couple of announcements I want to make. Um, our Hateful Eight Funko Pop contest will be announced during tomorrow's show and will go uh, throughout the week until the following uh, Thursday. Well, let me rephrase that. It's going to go till the following Wednesday because on Thursday, April 7th, there will not be a gaming and entertainment show. Um, we have some commitments that day, so we will only be doing a wrestling show on the 6th to break down, obviously, WrestleMania and the post uh, WrestleMania edition of Raw and, of course, all the MMA and wrestling news as usual. So uh, we're going to launch our Hateful Eight contest uh, starting tomorrow during the live show. It will go live at 11 p.m. Run through to Wednesday, April 6th. Of course, details for that will be found on RageWorks.net. And um, pretty easy stuff. We're definitely going to make you guys work a little bit, but not too crazy. Uh, in addition, we were supposed to launch our Batman versus Superman contest unfortunately uh scheduling got in the way but we may also announce that um possibly tomorrow so there will be probably two contests in progress at the same time of course you're welcome to enter both or one or none obviously nobody's twisting your arm but as always we want to give you guys some free stuff so by all means feel free to join us tomorrow night at 11 p.m so we can announce those giveaways as i said uh the april 7th edition of mtr well on April 7th, there will be no live show for MTR, but there will be a show on April 6th. Obviously, if schedules change, I will make sure to let you guys know via social media. Now, a couple of you guys reached out um, asking about any updates on the situation with YouTube and our My Take Radio channel. Um, a couple of things. Uh, many of you know, if you've listened to previous episodes, that we had an issue with YouTube for a video clip that we discussed uh, from Ring of Honor back in episode, I believe it was 232. Uh, turns out that the episode was flagged and obviously taken down. And because of that, YouTube restricts uh, some of the stuff going on in that particular channel. Now, because of that, we've been unable to upload shows to the My Take Radio channel. I know some people that have subscribed in particular to only that channel have reached out and I informed them of what's going on. But as I said during last week's show, I intend on probably sunsetting that channel uh, once I find out what's going on. Um, like I said, I contested the um, the claim on YouTube, and I'm waiting to hear back. Takes 10 to 14 days. Haven't heard anything back yet, but I believe that it might be just better to sunset that channel, even though we have a bunch of subscribers, over 100,000 views. It just It's just incredibly cumbersome to manage both channels and especially since the content is duplicated now what i am doing is i've been downloading some of the videos that we had on that channel moving them over to official rageworks on youtube so again if you are a my take radio tv subscriber on youtube please take a moment and look up official rageworks on youtube and subscribe to that channel for those of you that are watching the live feed on twitch Vaughn Live or any of the other uh, live video platforms, please note that uh, the chat room and everything else is on mtrlive.com. You can engage with other listeners there 
and I'll be able to read your comments on air. I know some of you guys forget that, so I got to remember to <laughs> remind you guys. But again, I intend to fully, you know, disable that channel in the coming weeks. I had expected to hear something back by the end of April. I'm hoping that is the case because I'm going to probably use that as the target to take the My Take Radio TV channel offline. Again, My Take Radio episodes will always be uploaded to RageWorks, and we're still obviously working on other methods to archive the shows uh, for video, but right now we are putting them on YouTube and um, trying to work something else out, either via Vimeo or possibly just going via Daily Motion, whatever the case may be. We want to try and give you guys access to the channels and not have to be shackled uh, by YouTube. I, I mean, you know, everybody knows that YouTube's uh, copyright protection and the way that they look for people's videos is hit or miss. And we ended up getting hit this time around. As I said, it sucked, but, you know, I'm contesting it. I have good cause to contest it under uh, the fair use practice. Again, we are a show that. Uh, references it from the commentary standpoint, and we're not, you know, obviously using it for anything other than that. But again, one of those things that if you've noticed, we haven't really done video clips in a while. It just, it just wasn't worth the aggravation of having to send uh, emails to YouTube on a consistent basis, telling them, Hey, we're sharing this because of this, or we got permission to share this trailer because of this. It's not, it's not worth the aggravation. As I said, I really would like to, um, use another service for that, but YouTube is the biggest game in town and, you know, a bulk, the bulk of people use the bulk of, of America and the world, as a matter of fact, uses YouTube to, you know, search and Google obviously likes to play within their own services. So we got to leverage where we can, but we are definitely looking into it. I want to thank everyone who's reached out and given me some other alternatives. As I said, Vimeo is one we're exploring, uh, maybe going a little deeper in with daily motion, but like with anything else in Vimeo's case, if we wanted to go that route, we do have to pay. And, um, you know, a lot of people that have inquired about the Patreon and I've said before, we kind of step back from it. I am looking to revisit it. Uh, we are right now working on four different things. Obviously, uh, a video video platform is number one. And obviously, we are making some enhancements to RageWorks.net, including uh, a possible new version of the site, which if everything goes according to plan, uh, hopefully we should have live by the end of May. But I want to put this out there. If you are a developer uh, well-versed in WordPress uh, based in the U.S., that would, um, like a job, uh, looking for some customization and stuff. I mean, we've been vetting a lot of developers, but um, haven't been faring so well. Uh, the young lady who usually does our maintenance and our enhancements for the site is on maternity leave. And, um, you know, I'm very happy for her. And she told me, she's like, hey, I don't want to take over this project um, and then end up having the baby because she's she's due very soon. And, you know, I, I got to respect that. But nonetheless, if you are well versed in that stuff, please um, definitely make sure to send me your information so that we can relay it. Um, and hopefully work something out. But again, looking for someone, uh, preferably U.S. based, but willing to go uh, outside of the U.S. if the skill set is good and they're familiar with what we do. Again, uh, we're really looking to do that in the prob. 
I want to say we want to get it live by the end of May uh, before uh, the RageWorks anniversary, of course. But again, if you're a web developer well-versed in WordPress, um, please feel free to send me your information, either mtrhost at mytakeradio.com or rich at rageworks.net. Either one of those will definitely do. All right. So as I said, we got lots to discuss. We got the week in MMA news. We got to get into Raw. We got WrestleMania predictions. And as always, you can participate by either heading over to mtrlive.com or by calling in 347-324-3541. Again, that call in number 347-324-3541. All right. So let's get into this week's show. We got lots to discuss. So let's jump into some MMA, shall we? All right, so it's been a busy week on the MMA side. That's for damn sure. Um, you know, John Jones got himself into some legal trouble. And um, yeah, it, it definitely, it hasn't been good, especially because, you know, John Jones is a guy that is well-versed in navigating the legal system at this point. The guy's definitely got enough experience under his belt to where he shouldn't be getting into the trouble he is getting. Um, and that has been quite a problem as of late, uh, especially when you're looking at the fact that people are, they're, they're really fed up with the bullshit. It pains me to admit, you know, people are tired of, of dealing with um, Jones's antics, both in the cage and out of the cage, especially because he's a guy who's had a ton of opportunities but nonetheless, it's one of those things where, you know, you kind of feel bad and you're you're really hoping that the guy gets his shit together. Um, hmm. Ah, I was just informed that we have no audio on the video feed. Uh, if you guys are checking out the video feed, can you let me know if there's any audio? Because I am hearing that there is no audio, which if that is the case... We are unfortunately going to have to restart the stream. Uh, that's what it looks like. Uh, you know what? Hold that thought, guys. For those of you on the Mixler feed, we will um, restart the show. But uh, we're going to, I mean, we'll restart the, the video feed. But we're definitely going to have to fix it because uh, not cool. Anyway, let me um, let me stop this recording one second and then restart Mixler. Uh, always a pain in the ass. I knew that something was going on. I didn't see any levels in the video and, um, clearly there was no, no audio going out. So I'm restarting the feed for those of you that are watching, uh, the video feed and listening via Mixler. Uh, I apologize, but for those of you on the Mixler feed, you guys are covered. Let's see if we can get this fixed. And, um, let's see here. Bear with me, guys. I'd rather get this fixed and give you guys some video and, uh, you know, make sure that you guys got the the best, the full court MTR experience. So uh, let's see what we got here. We're going to try and uh, let's see if we can get this video up and running. I didn't even know that. Thank you to the listener that brought my that to my attention. Also, props to Danny for letting me know that there was only audio on the Mixler side. So let's try and start recording that. And uh, 
Let's get the stream out there as well and see if that works. All right. So it looks like we're we're back up and running. Uh, really sucks that that uh, didn't go the way it went. But, you know, we're back up and running. Let's uh, get some video out there. There we go. Now we got some video. All right. So as I was saying, you know, John Jones in the news this week uh, got pulled over by a cop. And the cop captured him on video just being a little belligerent. Uh, ended up being cited uh, five citations uh, for revving his engine and a couple of other things. I kind of want to go through um, the the five citations were because he was allegedly drag racing and also a litany of automotive equipment issues, including improper uh, exhaust and a host of other things. As a result of that, he ended up being placed under arrest for violating probation, which he is currently still in police custody. I believe he is he was scheduled to get a hearing tomorrow. Now, what a lot of people are saying is that this is not going to jeopardize his fight with Daniel Cormier uh, later this month. But again, um, well, in April, I should say, which is starting Friday. But in any case, uh, yeah, you know, UFC 197, April 23rd, uh, Jones getting himself into legal trouble. Now, I saw the tape and I I understand the frustration to a point uh, from from John Jones' perspective, I mean, if he wasn't drag racing, and again, this is all alleged, you know, alleged information. But the guy was cited with five tickets, and whether he was revving the engine, not revving the engine, drag racing, whatever the case may be, the fact is that you know, when the cops pull you over, it, it's it's priority one, especially as a minority. And I hate to say it, but whether you're a minority or even not a minority, you know, you get pulled over by the cops, put your hands on the steering wheel. Hey, officer, you know, officer, do you know why I pulled you over? No, sir, I don't. No, officer, I don't. What did I do? And just go through the process. If you didn't do anything, go to court, get a lawyer, fight it. And if you didn't do anything, the evidence will show and you may get off. And in John Jones's case, I hate to say it, and I've said it before. If you have the level of, of notoriety that John Jones has, hire a fucking driver or take an Uber or do something. If you know that every time you get into a car, you are a magnet for trouble, especially when you got a fight around the corner, get a driver. You know, take a cab, do something, but don't get into a vehicle because clearly you you either don't know how to conduct yourself or it's just going to end up causing you more trouble that you don't need. Now, as I said, he he's in there for violating probation and, um, you know, the citations were, you know, they, they were whether they were legitimate or not. He, he put himself out there and the citations resulted in the probation violation. Now he's got to go to court. He's got to deal with that. Obviously, the UFC once again has to get out in front of this thing and make apologies for Jones and say they're investigating it. And I'm sure Dana White called him and he was like, dude, what the fuck? But um, I, I understand, you know, I understand the frustration and, you know, his his approach and the way he spoke to the police officer didn't do him any favors. I mean, you know, that's that's one of those things where you just you got to you got to take the loss at that point because you're not you're not winning even if you weren't speeding or you weren't drag racing or you weren't revving your engine it's your word against his and if you have legitimate evidence and proof of any sort 
that there was no misconduct, then you go to you go, you get go before a judge and you handle your business. But the minute you're sitting there arguing with the guy, whether he knows who you are or he doesn't know who you are, it's you know, it really is irrelevant, especially in his case, because every time the guy gets into a car, it's a it's a fucking problem. Just don't do it. Hire a driver, have a teammate drive you, carpool, get take a cab, take an Uber, whatever you do, don't get in a car. Because every time you do, it's a problem. The UFC has to make apologies for you. They got to get out in front of this shit. And like I said, whether he's guilty or not guilty, it's unnecessary aggravation. And I feel bad, again, because it's like, if you're a fan of his, you're like, fuck, dude, again? If you're a detractor, you're going to be like, same old John Jones. You know, you don't. You just don't need the aggravation. You don't. And I'm not saying this because I like the guy or I hate the guy. As an athlete, I think John Jones is... A tremendous, you know, he's he's tremendous. You know, he's he's probably one of the best pound for pound guys in the world. Again, guy hasn't been defeated in the cage yet, uh, minus you know the the Matt Hamill incident early in his career. But he hasn't he hasn't lost. Simple as that. The only thing he's been defeated by is drug abuse. That's it. So with that said, you know, just just don't put yourself in these situations, man. Go keep yourself in order and go out there. And if you're the best fighter in the world, prove it to the world, win your title back, and that's it. There's, you know, it's just unnecessary shit that we don't need. I mean, you know, with MMA being sanctioned in New York and we're awaiting, you know, Governor Andrew Cuomo to throw his signature on it, regardless of, of that, you know, the fact is that you don't you don't need negative press. The sport doesn't need negative press. I mean, we're 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 on this this precipice with, you know, the New York legislation and we're, you know, the MMA is, is imminent here in New York State and New York City. But even still, you don't want to give um, the opposition, political pundits, anybody, you don't want to give them fuel for the fire. Again, as much as Dana White wishes, the UFC hasn't reached a level where, you know, they're like the NFL or MLB or, or any, any major sport, NBA, soccer, whatever the case may be. It hasn't reached that level as much as he loves to feel that way and he feels that that's what it is i i hate to say it but it's not it's not that way the ufc is still a a fringe niche sport obviously it's substantially more mainstream than it was five or six years ago but it's still not on that mainstream level where the entire world you know is glued to a television watching it again a large a large amount a large amount of the population knows the sport watches the sport and and their fans but there's also a lot of detractors whether it's you know human cockfighting uh you know the super violent the long-term effects of of fighting with four ounce gloves there's there's a million different detractors out there for different things you know athletes and 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 poor you know uh poor drug you know poor drug management etc etc every time that somebody says something negative about mma that's it's always citing things like that, you know, barbaric, um, you know, rampant drug use, which obviously the UFC has been very aggressive in in curbing, especially, um, you know, with the commissions also being involved. And these are things that, again, we, we just don't need. And for John Jones to just run out there like it's all good and continue to talk shit, it's um, it's depressing. It really, really is depressing. Uh, Slick is telling me that Blog Talk Radio's audio has dropped out. Hmm. I mean, it it shows we're on air on the switchboard. 
and uh, I'm still dialed in, but, you know, we'll keep an eye on it in any case. Uh, nonetheless, you know, I, I just feel that John Jones has, he's his own worst enemy, and it, it's going to bite him in the ass. I mean, you know, the UFC is standing by him and doing what they can because he's actively, and I, and I say this, actively trying to keep himself out of trouble. Again, uh, the situation that happened, you know, the, or this past week with him, um, you know, again, it, it, you can look at it from either way. You can say that that the, the police were overzealous. You can say that. You can say that John Jones was an asshole and he turned a situation where he might got might have got one citation or two into one where you're going to get five. You know, that's that's pretty much it. And it sucks. Like I said, the sport the sport doesn't need the negative press at this time. Anyway, those are my thoughts on the uh, the John Jones situation. As always, feel free to share yours. Uh, a couple of other updates. There's a lot of fight cards that are really starting to come together. Uh, Bellator has a really solid card on the horizon for the month of May. Bellator 155. Uh, you got a middleweight world title bout with Rafael Carvajal taking on Melvin Manoff. Also, you got a featherweight co-main event with Pat Curran, uh, Pat Curran excuse me, taking on... Uh, Georgie Karakayan, also Marcin Held is on that card, taking on D- Dave Jansen. Uh, really solid night of fights. Bellator has been stepping it up. Aside from their from their freak show fights, which I've shared my thoughts on in previous episodes, they've really done a solid job in um, putting together some really good cards involving their marquee talent. I mean, Marcin Held uh, is is a really talented fighter, uh, very good on the ground, taking on the ever dangerous Dave Jansen. Also, uh, Melvin Manoff. I'm, I'm curious as to the logic that got him a middleweight world title fight. But in any case, Melvin Manoff is an exciting fighter to watch. I've said it before. He's super exciting to watch, uh, super exciting as a fighter to watch. And I think, um, it's going to be a solid night of fights for Bellator. I know that Bellator has been very vocal about doing something in the New York area. I think they'll probably be able to secure a venue, uh, there's plenty of them here in New York. I mean, not to say that Bellator is a small show, but they could definitely do something at the Barclays or Nassau Coliseum or Hammerstein. There's there's a there are plenty of venues here in New York City and in the New York area where Bellator can definitely grasp, uh, get himself get themselves a good foothold. But again, uh, 155 looks solid. That's going to be in Boise, Idaho. If you're in in that area, you can check it out, and it's happening my, uh, May 20th. I almost said March 20th. <laughs> May 20th. Uh, live feed, of course, will be on Spike TV as usual. Hector Lombard, who recently fought and took a very, very brutal loss, uh, courtesy of Neil Magny, uh, is going to be dropping back down to middleweight. Um, he was, you know, he's been he's been working at welterweight at 170, but due to the recent ban on IVs for rehydration, uh, it's becoming increasingly difficult for him to make the 170 pound weight limit. So he is moving from welterweight to middleweight. Um, you know, I, I think we are in a situation where, you know, fighter health is paramount and a guy like Hector Lombard, who's a very big muscular dude. I know he has to go through uh, an incredible amount of difficulty to make 170 and there there has been a couple of instances in his four fights at 170 where he has come in and he looks very you know just very very drained going in and obviously he's going to rehydrate and come in ready to go 
but you can see that it's been very challenging for him to make 170, you know? So even now, uh, you know, I think 185 is a good fit for him. I, I feel he is a small 185 pounder. I mean, in the sense of, you know, looking big, he definitely was, a, you know, look big at 170. But I just feel that 185 is a natural weight for him. I kind of feel he's in that in that Rum, Anthony Rumble Johnson paradox where, you know, you're fighting at 170 and you're going to gradually inch your way up because it's just harder for you to make the cuts. And I kind of see Lombard going in that direction. Um, again, an incredibly talented, an incredibly talented fighter uh, that came over from Bellator. And he just, you know, he's been he's been doing well, but he definitely can be doing better. Uh, we'll see what happens when he heads up to 185, but I think he definitely uh, needs to make that change because I, I noticed that that 170 cut was catching up with him. That's for sure. Now, last week, we talked quite a bit about a rumor that Chris Cyborg was going to make her Octagon debut and it floated around and it floated around and I kind of I kind of followed it. And then all of a sudden, the UFC dropped the bombshell that she's actually fighting at UFC 198 facing Leslie Smith. Uh, they're going to be fighting at a catch weight at one of 140 pounds. Um, originally, obviously, we knew that she was going to try and make the 135 to fight Ronda with Ron, with Ronda on the shelf and no pos- and no real uh, challenge at 135 for her. Not even counting the fact that she may not make the weight. The UFC opted to bring her in and let her fight at the 140 pound catch weight. Now, this card is incredibly stacked right now. Uh, Verdum and Stipe Miocic is your main event. You got Vitor and Jacare. You got Uriah Hall fighting Anderson Silva. Uh, Mauricio Shogun, who is fighting on that card. Damian Maya's on that card. Uh, Noguera's on that card. You got an incredible amount of talent on that card. I mean, again, you know, you're looking at, uh, uh, you know, just a, 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 a who's who of awesome Brazilian fighters. Um, you know, I kind of felt that, that Cyborg was going to get the call to fight in the UFC, and I honestly feel that they're going to be watching this fight very closely, not only to see if she makes 140, but I think that they're going to watch to see if, obviously, her her pre- and post-fight drug tests are clean, number one, and number two, they're also going to see what kind of a crowd response they get in terms of, you know, mainstream exposure, uh, hometown exposure, that, you know, that level of, of press. We're going to see if she can, cre- you know, if they can create a brand new phenom with Chris Cyborg. Again, one of the most dominant pound for pound female fighters in the UFC and well in, in MMA to be honest, but in the UFC now. And I think that having her in the organization is going to make things very, very interesting. You're looking at um, a fighter with incredible striking abilities, uh, serious knockout power and she is five pounds shy of becoming a force in a division where there's, you know, a lot of, a lot of dangerous ladies out there, you know, they're, you know, between Rhonda and Holly, uh, Misha Tate, Kat Zingano, there, there's a, a who's who of, of talent that she can fight. But I think that the UFC, a lot of people were complaining. They were like, man, they should have forced her to make the cut. But I think they're doing it because they want to see the, the appeal and how, you know, how the crowd responds to her in the UFC environment. Again, I think it's it's smart. It's smart business strategy by the UFC. 
versus trying to get her to commit at 135 and then, you know, she doesn't make weight or something happens and then, you know, they got egg on their face. I mean, you know, Leslie Smith agreed to the fight at catch weight at 140 and um, I'm actually really excited to see it. Like I said, that card is remarkably under undervalued and underappreciated, even though it has an incredibly stacked, uh, you know, it's stacked with great talent. Like I said, you got uh, Chris Cyborg, John Lineker's fighting on that card. Nate Marquardt's fighting on that card. Uh, Yancey Medeiros on uh, Nogueira, Matt Brown, who's fighting Damian Maya, Shogun, uh, Anderson Silva, Uriah Hall, Vitor and Jacare, and of course, Verdum and Stipe. Again, a solid card from bell to bell that hasn't really been heavily discussed by many. I think just because, you know, all eyes are on UFC 200, which I'll get into in a moment. But again, I think 198 is going to do a great job setting the stage for 200. And it's definitely a card that can't be missed, especially with the UFC debut of Chris Cyborg. So um, obviously, if anything changes or if anything additional comes up, I will definitely be sharing that with you guys. Another fighter that's making her way back into the UFC octagon after some injuries is Carla Esparza. Cookie Monster is coming back to face Juliana Lima at UFC 197. Uh, that card goes down April 23rd. Um, really looking forward to seeing Esparza back in there after, you know, such a a very, very, I don't want to say lopsided victory by JJ. I think that, you know, people kind of swept Cookie Monster to the side I think Carla Esparza has great wrestling um, and has really been looking to evolve her game minus, like I said, a couple of injuries that she sustained and she has currently on the mend for and ready to get back in there. I think that, you know, again, she's she's been saying and been very active on social media, uh, expressing her interest to get back in the cage. And sure enough, Cookie Monster is back in there. I think um, this is going to be an interesting fight, obviously. You know, she's coming in as a replacement, and um, I'm really looking forward to seeing how she has evolved her game from previous, you know, from her previous fights. Like I said, Esparza had, you know, she had decent striking. Her her bread and butter was the wrestling. Definitely uh, a young lady who had zero problem embracing the grind, so to speak. And um, I want to see if she's made improvements to her stand-up game. I think that if she does do that, you know, considering her wrestling pedigree, she will definitely, you know, she would definitely excel in the division if she really just had a more well-rounded attack. Again, you know, when she when she fought Joanna Judezic, um, JJ showed that, you know, her striking was just on a completely different level. And um, it's something that exposed Carla Esparza. I mean, a lot of people were saying, you know, she was the champion coming in. And, uh, you know, she fought her way through the ultimate fighter. She had a pretty safe outing, uh, post ultimate fighter, but she ran into a buzzsaw with JJ. And I think that definitely was the case. People, people were quick to say that she was exposed and I don't want to say she was exposed, but I think she was not on the same level, but close to how people viewed Josh Koscheck. Josh Koscheck, many of you know, is a, you know, he's a tremendous wrestler and his striking just needed needed improvement, needed to become more well-rounded. And I think that Carla Sparza was in that same predicament. Again, that's that's how I viewed all of her fights. I said, man, if she if she could just bring it together on the striking side, she she would do very, very well because her wrestling is is really good. But um 
unfortunately, that wasn't the case. I'm going to see if uh, her and Juliana Lima is going to play out as we'd expect with her going back to the grind and and using that to get a victory or if we're going to see something new and something fresh from Cookie Monster come UFC 197. Again, that's taking place April 23rd in Vegas. A lot of people, including myself, raised raised quite a, not a stink, but uh, definitely read our MMA updates with really, really raised eyebrows and uh, pretty much a blank or huh expression on our faces. Uh, you, the UFC released heavyweight Jared Rushalt. Uh, he was six and two in the UFC, even though he la- lost his last fight against Roy Nelson. He, um, you know, people people have said that one of the reasons he was let go is because he wasn't uh, producing the most fan friendly fights. Uh, he only finished one opponent in his UFC run, and um, it's weird because you know he he was. He was a pretty solid talent. Nobody, you know, he wasn't, uh, you know, a lot of people said he wasn't spectacular to watch. But we we also have not a thin heavyweight division in the UFC, just a, a division where a lot of the fights become repetitive. And, yeah, Jared Rochelt, to many people, wasn't setting the octagon on fire with his fights. But he was a good hand to have. But I think that the UFC is at a point where... You know, they can afford to cut people loose and bring in other exciting fighters. I do feel that their heavyweight division is lacking as of late. Um, you know, the the injuries that have plagued the division and just the um, the way that the fights are being booked haven't really yielded the same amount of fanfare as the lighter weight classes, which is unfortunate because I think the division, the heavyweight division has some really, really good fighters there. Um, Kane, who's on the mend, Junior Dos Santos, Stipe, uh, Verdum, Arlovsky, you know, Alistair Overeem, Roy Nelson. Um, you know, there's, there's definitely, there's definitely a lot of, a lot of guys there that can give us some exciting fights. Maybe the UFC just felt that, you know, that stable of fighters was enough to keep the heavyweight division active. I'm sure that a guy like Jared Rochold, who, who has a pretty solid MMA record, will be picked up by one of these other organizations, even Bellator. And, you know, they'll bolster their heavyweight division with his talents. Uh, we'll see what happens, where he ends up. Of course, if I hear more, I will let you guys know as well. And now the big one, UFC 200. Uh, big news. A lot of fights coming together. A lot of people have been annoyed. Um, before I get into the fights, I got to say that, and I said this last week, and I've said this in prior shows, the UFC needs to supersede UFC 100. UFC 100 is the gold standard. Uh, Nate Diaz and Conor McGregor's fight is the second most viewed fight um, from UFC 100, which is crazy only because, you know, it was a fight where Nate Diaz was the understudy. There were no be- there was no title on the line. The only thing that went into it was an incredible uh, short-term buildup. And a, you know, a night of upsets, uh, both for the women's division and obviously for Conor McGregor fans. Well, the UFC is leveraging McGregor and Diaz's popularity once again and has confirmed that Conor McGregor and Nate Diaz will square off once again at UFC 200. Uh, It's been reported by numerous MMA media outlets that it will be the main event of the show. In addition to that, and this is what boggles my mind. Uh, Jose Aldo and, Con- and 
Conor McGregor, Jose, I wish, Jose Aldo and Frankie Edgar are going to be squaring off for the interim featherweight title with the winner facing Conor McGregor at a point to be determined, which I guarantee if it's Frankie Edgar will be when the UFC debuts at Madison Square Garden. It is it is a no-brainer at this point. And I think that that was probably the selling point that they used for Frankie Edgar. They were like, dude, you win. You come in as the interim champion. You fight Conor McGregor in Madison Square Garden. We all get fucking paid and swim in money. I feel that that was the, the compelling argument that they used to sway Frankie Edgar to take that fight. I'm annoyed because as much as I liked uh, McGregor and Nate Diaz's buildup, and as much as I liked the way that the fight went, Like I said, both guys came out winners in my book. The fact is that there was no necessity to run that back. There really wasn't. You could have just as easily done Conor McGregor and Jose Aldo, and you would have got the same amount of interest in that fight versus running back Nate Diaz and Conor McGregor. You could have just as easily done Conor McGregor and Frankie Edgar and um, save Jose Aldo for maybe a New York fight if if McGregor got past... um, Frankie Edgar, but I guess the UFC felt comfortable and they had the right numbers in mind to make these guys step in there and run it back. I'm, you know, like I said, UFC 200, you're looking to supersede, to impress, to wow, to blow it, you know, every other card out of the water. And the fact that you're making McGregor and Nate Diaz a non-title fight main event, your marquee show is a huge, huge misstep. In my opinion, yes, Conor McGregor moves the needle. Totally understand that. And people are going to tune in. It's it's guaranteed. But the fact that you're relying on that versus the fact that you have as an organization, uh, you know, your 200th card on the horizon, you can put together amazing fights. You can put together a, a bunch of stellar title fights, whether, you know, it's Robbie Lawler in there or any of these other fighters, that you can do some good stuff. There's no necessity to run back a fight that ended the way it did with zero controversy for the sake of, you know, getting getting the uh, the Irish payday. And I say this because, you know, Conor McGregor fights, the entire country of Ireland tunes in. I mean, it's a running gag, but it, but, you know, there is some semblance of truth to it. I will say this, and this is what what really annoys me about this entire turn of events. That the UFC is sitting there and they're trying their hardest to justify this. Oh, you know, it's a grudge match, blah, blah, blah. Both guys wanted to fight. Yeah, both guys wanted to fight because there were there was the right amount of zeros on the line. Period. Point blank, that's what it is. It, it's nothing else but that. You mean to tell me that if they wouldn't have said, hey, Connor, you're fighting Jose Aldo or Frankie Edgar, he wouldn't have taken that fight? You're out of your fucking mind. You are out of your mind if you thought for one second that Conor McGregor wouldn't have taken a fight with, you know, with Joe, with either Jose Aldo or Frankie Edgar for UFC 200. It is insane to me. It genuinely is. And this is the type of thing that bothers me, especially when, you know, you look at it from the standpoint that these guys, they're, they're sitting there and they're, they're thinking that this makes sense. In addition to those two fights, you got Travis Brown and Cain Velasquez, which, whatever, solid fight, but not the kind of fight you want to have on your 200th pay-per-view. I hate to say it. Derek Brunson, Gegard Mousasi, and Joe Lazan and Diego Sanchez. Again, 
solid fights that maybe can can be used to you know for the undercard and maybe you want to take that Travis Brown Cain Velasquez as your opener but 200 again UFC 200 a big fucking deal and you're not you're not showing anything you're not showing anything of substance and that's the kind of shit that bothers me you know you're looking at this card and you're saying to yourself oh you know this card's going to be historic this card's going to be awesome and it's it's meh you know i mean people have been on, very vocal on twitter and, and you know facebook and various social media outlets about the fact that the ufc has been delivering some solid cards and ufc 200 is going to be equally good but again you're taking a non-title fight and you are making it your main event. That's what you're doing. Non-title fight, making it your main event. Why? Now, obviously, you know, a couple of people are like, you know, it's just a number. Who cares? You know, before you know it, we'll be at 250 or 300 or whatever the case may be. Numbers like that matter, especially when, you know, you're saying, hey, we've had 200 pay-per-view events or whatever the case may be. And we want to do something big. We want to do something amazing. I mean, when you look at the at WWE and, and they go and they do WrestleMania in Cowboy Stadium, they're going big. And yeah, you know, their cards leave a bit to be desired, but there's plenty of shit there that's interesting and compelling. Looking at these five fights that I just named, yeah, McGregor and Diaz is compelling to see if Conor McGregor has evolved from his previous loss. But the only fight that really captures my attention outside of that for, for obviously, uh, you know, entertainment value is Aldo and, and Frankie Edgar. Only because these guys both have strong cases to fight Conor McGregor. Both of them could have fought Conor McGregor at UFC 200, but now they're fighting each other for a belt that is unnecessary just the same. And I think that that was probably the other dangling carrot to get these guys to sign on the bottom line. I mean, on the dotted line, it was the fact that, hey, you can become interim champion. Again, we're going to give you a belt to carry around that means absolutely nothing. That means jack shit. And that, it's frustrating. Do you do you know how upsetting or, or how frustrating it's got to be for a guy like Frankie Edgar, who, who's been so close to a title opportunity, he can taste it? Or even for Jose Aldo, even though he kind of talked himself out of that uh, with um, not taking the McGregor fight before, the fact is that, you know, I, more so for Frankie Edgar because the, guy, the guy's been waiting, waiting for that opportunity, and now he's got to fight again to fight a guy that he should have been fighting in the first place. It just, it, it doesn't make sense. It genuinely does not compute for me, and, you know, I'm, it doesn't compute for many fans, but hopefully the card is going to pick up. You know, there's rumors that, uh, GSP is going to make an announcement that he's going to start training for his return to the octagon. Maybe we'll see the return of GSP on that card. Uh, there's, there's whispers about CM Punk possibly fighting on that card. So again, there's, there's interesting and compelling stuff there, but unless, you know, you get Nick, um, GSP and, you know, Robbie Lawler as another fight on there, it, you you know you you're gonna need something big. You're really gonna need something big to get people invested. Because right now you have people invested, but they're invested at a point where it's not. You're either you know saying hell yes or no. You know like that's that's pretty much it. Either 
you're you're fully like, yeah, this is going to be a fucking awesome card day one. I'm buying it. Or you're going to be like, fuck it. You know, I'm not I'm not even paying. I'm not even paying, um, you know, the the 40 bucks that it takes to order the pay-per-view in standard definition. And, and you know, it's it's very it's disheartening. It really is. Like I said, UFC 100, when they announced that card, I said to myself, I, I will I will gladly give Dana White the money today so that I can watch that card. Like, like when they announced it, I was like, I was ready to, to, you know, plunk down my $65 at the time to watch it because every card, every fight on that card was either had huge ramifications, was incredibly well built and just had amazing talent. Again, not taking anything away from, from Travis Brown and Cain Velasquez, not taking anything away from Derek Brunson or Gegard Mousasi, not taking anything away from Joe Lazan and Diego Sanchez, but the you're not you don't build a card like that. I mean, like I said, if you're gonna put the bulk of these fights on the prelims, that's fine. But you're making a non-title fight your main event, and then your you know your co-main event as it's being billed right now is a fight for a belt that doesn't even need to be created. It doesn't. It's it, it really is complete and utter bullshit in my opinion. But again, I'm I'm gonna wait and take a little bit more of a wait and see approach. I mean, like I said, my frustration stems from you know a manufactured belt. Everybody complaining about Conor McGregor getting an interim title when he fought Jose Aldo, and the UFC's doing the same shit again. It just it's not cool. It's really not. But once we get some additional fight announcements for UFC 200, I will definitely. Uh, share that with you guys. As I said, um, you know, we only got five fights so far. We'll see what happens in the coming weeks. Uh, UFC 200 is scheduled to go down July 9th in Las Vegas. Keep it locked here to MTR and Rageworks for future fight announcements. Anyway, that bit of MMA news is going to wrap up the MMA segment for this week. We're going to switch gears and we are going to jump into this week's wrestling. So let's get to it. All right, I think uh, we we gotta we gotta go with uh, the last raw before Mania to get the ball rolling. Uh, the big gag, which I which I always say is the case. Uh, the last raw before WrestleMania involves a a lot of misdirection, b a lot of fucking people pointing at that WrestleMania sign, and c in some cases, and I say in some, we get one or two noteworthy moments. And uh, WWE definitely came out of the gate swinging with noteworthy moments. And uh, in this case, you know, we had the undertaker out. He was, um, you know, doing, doing his undertaker spiel. Uh, Shane McMahon comes out as usual with a fresh pair of J's on fresh pair of kicks. And, um, he, uh, he did, you know, he, he I'll, I'll say this. Shane McMahon looked like he got in great shape. I mean, they've been doing a lot of little video packages and montages on, you know, his training, you know, training with Henzo Gracie, training with crew Phil Nurse here in New York, uh, definitely putting in the work, I got to say. And it shows, you know, the guy looks like he's he's in solid shape for this fight. He's for this fight <laughs> for this match. He definitely put the work in and um, he had a really good exchange with with the Undertaker. I think that, um, you know, the Brooklyn crowd really helped and they they, of course, fisticuffs were were a given. Uh, the Undertaker definitely started to get the upper hand, and uh, Shane ended up hitting him with a TV monitor, 
and climbing to the top turnbuckle and doing the elbow drop through the announce table. Um, very cool spot uh, for a couple of reasons. First off, um, you know, he, I didn't expect Shane to come out and jump and do, you know, an elbow drop that quickly. I expected Shane to kind of have his little exchanges with the undertaker. And then we were going to get something big on Sunday, whether it's him diving off the cell, which I kind of feel is a given or, or doing something of that magnitude. I didn't, I did not expect there to be something that big on Monday night, but again, that's how, that's the way it went. And, um, it was good, man. I think the Brooklyn crowd was a, was a big factor there and it just, it looked good. I mean, I, I liked the way that Shane McMahon pulled it off the, you know, we, we got to see that he's definitely willing to take the risks, uh, being a little older, uh, the undertaker sitting up after the elbow, you know, d- doing the throat slash, uh, showing that, you know, you've pissed off the dead man was a step in the right direction. And I thought it was, it was definitely good build. It was definitely good build. Um, Slick says, tired of the crowd chanting CM Punk. Um, CM Punk chants have become the new what? And, um, you know, it, that's that's how it is. You know, it's become the new what? And we're going we're gonna to see that for the foreseeable future until A, CM Punk starts actively having a, a, a career in MMA or, or B, to the, you know, to the point where he comes back. But... It doesn't matter either way. The way the way I see it is, you know, it's 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 another way to just troll the WWE. But I understand what you're saying. I mean, I say the same thing about the what chance. I think we've moved past the what gimmick uh, quite a bit. I mean, sometimes it's funny when wrestlers acknowledge it, but you know, it's fucking corny. Uh, but again, it's just one of those things where people want to do something, they want to disrupt, and um, you know, the CM Punk chance they still hold a little weight. Uh, Zack Ryder and Chris Jericho was our first match from Monday Night Raw, and um, I, I liked the match. I thought the match was okay. Uh, we didn't really get to see a lot. Obviously, AJ Styles made his presence felt, uh, ended up with Zack Ryder actually getting the win, um, which, you know, it's, it's, it's fine. But obviously, many people were like, you know, you shouldn't have, have done that to Chris Jericho. But the payoff of that match came from Chris Jericho accepting AJ Styles challenge and they will be squaring off at WrestleMania. I think that that's all any of us wanted. And I'll be honest when I say it, you know, if anybody has, has put the work in, in the wrestling business to, to be at WrestleMania, it's a guy like AJ Styles. I think that, and, and, you know, some people are going to disagree. I think, you know, AJ Styles, WWE run is on a, you know, on a timeline. Only because AJ Styles isn't a young dude, but he still has a lot to offer the wrestling industry, and I think that we're gonna we're gonna get a lot out of AJ Styles if he stays healthy. But we're, we got to get those big matches out of the way. I think a match with Chris Jericho, uh, a couple of matches with some NXT talent when they get called up. You know, AJ Styles, Sami Zayn would be incredible. AJ Styles, Kevin Owens, which was wasted, I think, with proper buildup, will be a stellar feud. Uh, same thing with Adrian Neville when he comes back. Uh, you know, even guys like John Cena who have, you know, been known to put on good matches when they're motivated should definitely give Styles a wealth of solid competition. But I think, um, Chris Jericho is a good opponent for Y2J. And I think, I mean, Chris Jericho is a good opponent for AJ Styles. 
I, I think I think Y2J is definitely a performer that steps it up when WrestleMania comes around. And um, I think him and AJ are going to have one of those matches that many of us are going to be talking about as the sleeper match of the night. <laughs> uh, Slick says, Ryder has it in his contract to win one per year, to win once per year, once. You know what the thing is? Zack Ryder's involvement in the IC title ladder match this Sunday um, I think may be the start of, of something good for Zack Ryder. I mean, he's been doing good in NXT with Mojo, even though I think Mojo fucking sucks. I think that he works well with Ryder, and I have a feeling that post-WrestleMania, we may see the hype bros uh, get some get some airtime on WWE Raw and SmackDown. And if the rumors of the brand split are to be believed, I think that um, that will benefit a guy like Zack Ryder more than many of us think. Again, he he's doing well in NXT, but he has he has a solid gimmick. He has great connection with the audience even after he's been buried to the point of no return. He he shows incredible, you know, he shows incredible grit, man. He's toughed it out and um, you know, I think I think it's something that we're going to have to see what unfolds with Ryder post WrestleMania. We got our obligatory uh, singles match between the champion and one of her challengers as Becky Lynch took on Charlotte. Um, it was okay, but again, I think they were just kind of going, you know, paint by numbers. Obviously, they're going to save it all for, for Mania this Sunday. I'm sure that Sasha Banks and uh, Charlotte will square off on SmackDown this Thursday. And, um, you know, it's, it it is what it is. I think that these ladies... Uh, I think that they're going to go in, work a little, work a little close uh, up until Sunday, and then Sunday. I think that if you give these ladies enough time, they're going to give us the magic that we got in NXT. I think that when it all boils down to it, we're going to see not only stellar ring work from all three ladies, but it's going to be another one of those matches that everyone will be talking about. I hope that they give them enough time. Um, you know, if WrestleMania runs, you know, the three and a half or four hours, whatever the case may be, uh, I think, I think it would be a good way to really show that the quote unquote divas revolution is, is ready to go to the next level. Again, really looking forward to mania. I'm going to give my picks later on in the segment, um, to go with like, you know, to quote what slick said, that match needs to be 15 to 20 minutes long. I, I definitely agree. I think they need a good 15 to 20 minutes uh, for sure, uh, Big Show, Social Outcast, fuck, uh, well, Big Show and Kane, fuck that match, uh, moving on, the, um, you know, we get the Roman Reigns, Triple H, you know, exchange as usual, uh, once again, Roman Reigns really thrown to the wolves, I think, um, you know, they, they got their work cut out for them at Mania, uh, trying to get Roman Reigns to be viewed as the face in this equation, it's really, really difficult. It's almost to the point where Roman Reigns has really become uh, honorary John Cena. And, and the thing is, it, it's it's tough because you, you really want to hate Roman Reigns because the company is forcing him down your throat. But as I've said before, the guy's an employee like everybody else and is punching a clock. I think that, you know, you keep his mic work sporadic like you've been doing. You let him have a lot of gr- good marquee moments. You can do something. But again, you can't force the issue. Now, will will the reaction from the crowd lead to WWE booking the match differently, perhaps with 
Triple H retaining. I mean, we're going to get into that later on in the segment, but I think that, um, you know, it's one of those things that we're going to have to watch very closely because the crowd reaction is, is so, so, so negative. I mean, you're also in New York, you're also in Brooklyn and you're, you're going to get booed out of the fucking building if they don't like you. But again, I think that we are, we're in a situation where, you know, WWE's kind of put Roman Reigns on a pedestal, on a pedestal only to, for him to fail. Like they're putting him up there, not because they want to, but because they're forcing the issue and forcing the failure, which you don't want to do because for a guy like him that you think is going to be the future of your company to damage him so early, you're, you're going to need to work very, very hard to undo all that damage. I mean, everybody's instant, you know, everybody instantly wants to go heel turn for Roman Reigns. And I do think that a heel turn would be, would definitely be fitting, but you can't do it at mania. Like you can't do the double turn because the authority are the villains in this equation. Now, if you turned around and, you know, on Monday, you know, Shane McMahon comes out, he's running raw and I don't know, Roman Reigns hits him with a spear and says that he's tired of the McMahons. He's tired of the bullshit whatever. And, and you know, that, that's how he starts it. it. It might be a good way to kind of inject a little life into his character. I also feel that by not allowing him to work as a heel on his own, you're not getting, you're not allowing him to, you know, expand his, his repertoire in terms of just mic work and, and just his overall toolkit. It's not like Dean Ambrose where in Dean Ambrose's case, you know, he's, he can be heel, he can be face, he can be tweener. And the end result is the same craziness. Uh, Seth Rollins is another guy who, you know, he bleeds heel. He looks the part. He it, he has, you know, charisma and cockiness coming out of his pores. But he's also a guy that if you book him right, can become your next CM Punk, your next anti-hero. But Roman Reigns, he's he's too pretty. I mean, he's, he, he, you know, Samoan Fabio is he's too pretty for that shit, you know? Like, you can't... People want to look at him, and you and WWE wants you to think, hey, this guy's a badass. And don't, and don't misunderstand. You know, you're a badass dude, but there's, there's so many other individuals on the roster who, you know, embody badass more than Roman Reigns. I mean, you know, Roman Reigns looks like the guy you see on a Bachata album cover. You know, he looks like the kind of windswept guy that you see on a trashy romance novel. You know, you don't look at him and automatically see a guy that'll punch you in the mouth if you if you say something wrong. You know, there's there's certain superstars that look that part. And yeah, Roman Reigns is a big dude. I'm not taking anything away from him. But I just, you know, he doesn't scream, yo, you know, Samoan badass or, or whatever they try to book. You know, they, they just don't do it. They just don't. I mean, what they what they're trying to do is try to make him look like this guy who's anti-authority this you know Samoan Superman so to speak and it just it doesn't work it doesn't work because that's not what people want people people have their favorites and nowadays they're very 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 vocal about it and I hate to say it it's not it's not Roman Reigns's fault it's really not the fault lies in booking you know management and creative because they're continuing to think that this experiment is going to turn around. They're going to right the ship. And I don't think they are. I don't think they're going to right the ship at all. I think that 
come Sunday, that music is going to hit. He's going to come out and, you know, an entire arena is going to boo the shit out of him. And it's unfortunate because it's really setting him up for failure. Now, again, there's there. You could do a couple of things. You could do a double turn, which, you know, the authority's been been they've been heels the entire time. It's a, a double turn just can't happen. You can, you know, have Triple H win and turn Roman Monday. Okay, great. But it, you're not, again, there's nothing, there's nothing to be gained unless you don't do something meaningful. Turning Roman for the sake of just turning him is not going to do him any favors. Like I said with, with John Cena about a year ago, I said, in order for you to, to understand that John Cena is a villain, he has to attack the most popular guy and do something so despicable, so horrible that the crowd is is you know they're not only taken aback but they're genuinely booing because they hate this guy. A, a, you know, a textbook example is Hulk Hogan's heel turn. If you watch WCW and you watch the Hogan heel turn, everything about the Hogan heel turn was masterful. From him dropping the leg to, you know, sabotaging the match and celebrating with, with Hall and Nash to the promo he cut the next night, uh, you know, the, the creation of Hollywood Hogan, people throwing garbage in the ring. You know, it's it's one of those things where when you see that, even now in 2016, you see that heel turn. And when you look at it, you go, holy shit, it still touches you. It still reaches inside your soul and says, man, I fucking hate that guy. You know, when I was growing up and I saw the Hogan heel turn, you know, here's a guy who I watched my entire life. I'm like, holy shit, Hulk Hogan's a bad guy. And, you know, I clowned him and whatever, but I'm like, damn, you know, his, his bicolored uh, facial hair and, you know, his skullet. But I'm like, fuck, he's one of the, the most compelling bad guys on TV today. Obviously, you know, Mr. McMahon and, and countless other characters were just as compelling down the road. But when Hogan turned, it was it was it was unexpected. And for you to turn Roman Reigns, you need to do something of that magnitude. You need to have him come out and, you know, beat Dean Ambrose within an inch of his life. You got to have a blade job. You know, you got to have you got to keep Dean Ambrose off TV for a couple of months. Uh, You know, have Ambrose come back, start that up. Uh, Rollins, obviously, you can do that where Rollins comes back thinking, you know, the authority is going to welcome you back with open arms and the authority is kind of leaning on Roman's shoulder. And that's a great way to turn Seth Rollins at the same time. There, there's so much stuff that can be done uh, to make a, a, a Roman Reigns heel turn amazing. You can, you know, you can have him take a guy, and it's unfortunate he's injured, but you know, do you know, attack a guy like Adrian Neville, or just have him come out and attack, you know, the heroes, the people that you cheered for. You almost have to book Roman Reigns the way you're booking Chris Jericho against AJ Styles, where you know, I come out here, I fight for you, I bleed for you, I I put it all on the line for you, but that's not good enough, you know. You you don't you don't want that, so. You know, you want you want a badass. You want a guy that goes out there and hurts people. You got it. And, he, you know, just have him come out and put a beating on, on everybody. And, and again, you know, whether you want to align him with the authority or you don't, like Val just said, you have him destroy everything and everyone. And that's it. Because 
It's the only way that you're going to take all the vitriol that people are giving him now and turn it into a force where people go, damn, he's a pretty badass bad guy. You have to go that route. You also have to give him another finisher other than the stupid spear. Because, yeah, the spear kind of looks cool, but so many other superstars have delivered that move better that you need to give him something, some sort of a power bomb, something impactful that looks cool, and then move him away from that. I mean, you know, the, Seth Rollins taking away the curb stomp bummed me out, but giving him the pedigree, you know, was cool for now. And I'm sure that, you know, they may give him something else when he comes back, but I understood the logic there. You have to do something good with Roman. Like I said, whether it's a power bomb, something something big, you know? But um, you know, we'll see what happens and I'll dig that I'll dig into that a little more during um uh, my WrestleMania picks. Uh we had really good promo work from the New Day. Um, you know, I like uh like the uh, nod to Fife uh from Tribe Called Quest. Definitely very cool to see that. Um, Biggie doing, you know, a little verse crowd was super into it. Obviously the new day face turn is in full effect. Uh, the appearance by the coach was cool. Nice little trip down memory lane. Uh, Kofi's match with Del Rio was pretty academic, but very good. Uh, really great ring work from both guys. Del Rio, an incredibly underrated superstar. Glad to see him back. Uh, you know, in WWE, even though he was crushing it in Lucha underground, but still very good. Um, you know, Kalisto, obviously the, the, the big, the big move, uh, you know, is the, the build towards him and Ryback, which, you know, whatever it is, what it is. Um, you know, I think Ryback and Kalisto's match can either be very, very good or, or incredibly, incredibly bad. So we'll see what happens. Uh, we had a really, really stellar sell by Paul Heyman. I really liked uh, Dean Ambrose pretty much coming out with a, a with a wagon and taking his weapons for WrestleMania. I think um, it was good. It showed that Dean Ambrose isn't sweating Brock, which was good because, you know, it's like, yo, you got this big jacked up monster that wants to kill you, but you're worried about should I take the spike bat or should I take the chainsaw? I mean, it was it was really, really well done. I, again, it's just one of those things like. Why is there a chainsaw under the ring? Why why is there a baseball bat with with, with barbed wire under the ring? I mean, you know, obviously it's wrestling. You got to suspend some dis. You got to you know you got to suspend some belief. But um, still, you look at it. It was um, it was funny. You know, I thought I thought that they did uh, they did something very cool there. I think Paul Heyman was in super chill mode, and I loved it. I think Heyman, as always, incredibly underrated in terms of what they do. Uh, team bad and blonde obviously was a big setup for mania and the, uh, the missing participant in the match, which I thought was going to be Bailey. Turns out it was Eva Marie. The crowd, what the crowd didn't need, wasn't even mild for Eva Marie coming out. They, uh, she got Roman Reigns level booze. And that's just because everybody hates Eva Marie. And the problem is that she can't wrestle. So they don't only hate her because she can't wrestle. They just hate her because they hate her period. Like I can understand if the, if the venom was because, you know, she was a, a magnificent heel, but they, people just hate her cause she fucking sucks. And it's unfortunate because, you know, she's in this match. She's going to be on team total divas, which is the quote unquote face team, uh, versus team bad and blonde, which, um, you know, 
I I would have thought you know team team Golden Oreos, but that's you know <laughs> team Golden Oreos and regular Oreos, but alas, not the case. Anyway, um, you know it was it was all right. I think um, Eva Marie's being Eva Marie being added to that match is a bad fucking idea. I mean, it's bad enough that Lana's going to try and wrestle, and I, we haven't seen anything yet. But Eva Marie, it's like. Ugh. I saw it. The crowd was like, especially the Brooklyn crowd. They were like, pretty much, you know, fuck you. And um, who can blame them? Of course, we got our obligatory six-man tag match with the participants of the ladder match, which was uh, definitely good. Again, I think we're going to see some crazy, crazy stuff. I mean, um, you know, you can expect some incredible high spots. I definitely see uh, somebody eating a pop-up powerbomb onto a ladder. Um, You know, I'll give my, my predictions in a few minutes. But um, I think it's something that's going to be very cool. That's for sure. As for the way it ended, you know, Triple H and and Roman Reigns pull apart brawl. I mean, it was it was a decent way to close it out. But I just feel that it wasn't enough to, you know, get people to order the pay-per-view. I mean, yeah, Roman Reigns flying over, landing on everyone. I mean, you know. It was it was it was bad, you know, it was it was it was not a. It wasn't a bad segment. I just felt that you want you wanted to close that out with something bigger. That's all. I just felt you needed to close that out with something bigger. Unfortunately, that wasn't it. Now, in terms of selling me on WrestleMania, obviously, uh, Brock Lesnar and Dean Ambrose's match is, is a big driver. I think it's a match that, you know, I, I definitely want to check out. Um, you know, I'll get into the other matches in a few minutes, but... You know, they did a good they did a good enough job, but not something that you would expect uh, from the final Raw before WrestleMania. I thought that Shane McMahon and Undertaker set the stage for the rest of the night, but it kind of just sputtered to an end. I mean, it started, you know, out of the gate like, oh, shit. And then it was just like, just just it faded out. And it's unfortunate because, again, you know, it's the last one. And as I've said before, I think WWE's reached a point of complacency because they know that if you got the network, you're watching WrestleMania. You are at this point. It's a no-brainer. And it's something I've said before. It's $10 to watch the you know the biggest pay-per-view spectacle from WWE, which normally would run you 60 bucks if you did it in HD or 50 if you did it in standard, or you'd have to go to a bar or you'd have to chip in with friends. $10. 10 you know, that's that's probably, you know, two large Starbucks Frappuccinos. You get to watch, uh, you know, a four hour pay-per-view quality event. I mean, you know, again, the value of the network, I don't have to sell you guys on. But it's just funny to me because in the old days and you guys in the chat can remember, you know, you're watching you're watching that last Raw before Mania. And you're just like, damn, I got to watch this because something crazy is going to happen. And a lot of times it did. It, it, you know, there were so many um, you know, last final Raws before Manias that were just amazing and out of this world. But with the creation of the network, it's, it, you know, WWE's pretty much become its own worst enemy because they know everyone's going to watch it. Obviously, Sunday night, they'll be competing against The Walking Dead with the 90-minute finale. But in any case, you're still, you know, you're still competing with yourselves as well because you know that you don't got to do much to get people invested because you already got their money. And that's what a lot of people, you know, they get angry about. And I saw some people that 
you know, they were they were saying some stuff on Twitter, and I know a couple of people off air, and we were talking about it, and they're like, man, you know, I don't fucking feel as 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 jazzed up or as hyped for WrestleMania as I should. And I'm like, yeah, but guess what? WWE has the last laugh because they already got your money. You know, April 1st, I mean, um, April 1st or uh, the 31st, once that billing cycle is up, you're going to get dinged for that extra 10 bucks. And guess what? They already got you. Simple as that. And, um, you know, again, I just I've, I've reached a point where I don't expect more, but I expect better all i'm saying i you know i'm not expecting them to go and and do five star matches the entire night because obviously they gotta they gotta kind of coast until mania but i just expected some better stuff that's all i'm saying better not more just better simple as that anyway the other wrestling news of the week um you know a lot of a lot of sites are reporting that wwe is moving towards the brand split once again um there are a couple of sites that reported that WWE's marketing department has produced uh, new USA Network graphics for Raw and SmackDown featuring different talent. Uh, the Raw graphic includes John Cena, Owens, Bray Wyatt, Del Rio, Charlotte, and Nikki Bella. And SmackDown has Roman Dean, The New Day, Dolph Ziggler, and Paige. Obviously, you can't take that as a confirmation, but it's very interesting where they're going uh, with regards to that. Again... I, I'm curious to see how they how they're gonna plan the you know the Undertaker's loss and Shane McMahon's win, but um, I think that I think we're gonna see a brand split. I really do. I th- I think it's gonna happen, and um, I think it's gonna be good. I I don't want a dozen titles for each brand, but I feel that definitely giving you know US IC. Uh, tag team, women's title, and like I said, a TV title would be perfect. A TV title to be defended on both shows would be fantastic. And that's it, you know? I mean, the champions will appear on both shows, but then you got everybody else, and you leave it at that, unless you plan on splitting the belts, uh, you know, splitting the the world heavyweight title once again, which I doubt, but I think um, champions appearing on both brands and maybe, like I said, a TV title, maybe exclusively on SmackDown, or maybe a title that's defended on both shows, would be a step in in the right direction. In any case, um, you know, I, I think it's just very telling what you see with regards to Raw, because again, John Cena front and center. Who, by the way, even though you know he's been making the rounds promoting WrestleMania, he will not be back until July, uh, according to what's being reported. The guys put over three hundred plus hours of rehab work but he still has a long way to go he may appear at wrestlemania in some capacity but nothing too crazy uh on the flip side his companion nikki bella who is recovering from neck surgery and was uh slated to resume her her duties in the wwe unfortunately was prohibited from being involved in the uh the big divas angle for you know this coming sunday because any bump that she takes, no matter how small, can really set back her rehab. But also, um, it's being reported that even though you know she may, she can wrestle, she cannot come back and resume a full time schedule. So uh, definitely, uh, you know, disheartening for for someone like Nikki Bella. Um, and of course, her sister Bree. Uh, it's pretty much been rumored that she will probably be retiring. Uh, the Monday after WrestleMania, that's that's the rumor that they're going with. Um, some people are saying that within that month, some 
you know, from we've we've heard things from the Monday after Mania to at some point in April. Uh, I think obviously Daniel Bryan's health is a, is a big motivator, and I think that even for her as a performer, I you know I I hate to say it, but as much as Brie Bella has been a factor in WWE, she is a non-factor in the current women's division. And it's it's unfortunate. I mean, we've reached a point where you have you have divas and you have wrestlers. And unfortunately, you can't you can't market divas as wrestlers effectively. You can't because you can be beautiful and go and try and deliver in the ring and you're going to and you're shit and the crowd's going to let you know no matter how beautiful you are. I mean, look at Eva Marie. Eva Marie's a, a you know, a beautiful woman, a pretty girl. But, you know, once once that bell rings, steaming pile of garbage. It's a red-haired steaming pile of shit. A garbage pale kid in tights. You know, nobody nobody fucking cares, you know. And that's that's pretty much what it's come down to. And I think that we're going to start seeing more of that. I think that as more and more uh female performers come out of NXT and are complete wrestlers, and I mean complete, able to put on decent matches. I mean, even Emma, which is a great example. Emma came up to the main roster, was complete dog shit, went down to NXT, reinvented herself, and is, you know, one of the marquee female performers in NXT today. I mean, you know, she's definitely a crutch for Dana Brooke, but Dana Brooke needs all the help she can get. And I think Dana Brooke, you give her another two years uh, between NXT and maybe some main roster work. You can you can get something good out of that. I mean, that's that's where I'm going with it. I mean, you know, talent like Brie Bella, uh, you know, that we're we're definitely past the point of, you know, quote unquote divas, which is something that I'm going to get into in a few minutes. But, um, you know, I, I think, you know, it's one of those things where in, in Brie Bella's case, if she if she retires, it's it's not terrible. Obviously, she'll continue to work with WWE uh, in a non wrestling capacity. She'll be on Total Divas, obviously, because that show still pulls in good numbers for E. But um, you know her her in ring career winding down, it's not hurting anyone. I I mean it sounds fucked up to say, but it's really not. You know nobody's nobody's gonna care. I mean she retired. There'll be some tears. Everybody like oh you know good luck blah blah, but. It, it's it's not hurting anyone, you know. People are going to retire. It's a fact of life. And again, you have enough of a of a of a talent pool in NXT, and you know you can pull knockouts from TNA, which quite a few of them their contracts are up. Uh, I believe Velvet Sky's contract is ending in a couple of weeks, and Angelina Love, who is currently on maternity leave, her contract ended recently. And I think it would be a big coup for WWE. If they if they if they stole the beautiful people from TNA again, that's not saying that Angelina Love and Velvet Sky are amazing, but I think in the current landscape of NXT, they they would work well. And I think as veterans, they would they would have a lot to teach uh, some of the some of the rookies in NXT. And who knows, maybe the beautiful people can have an opportunity on Raw or or SmackDown in the future, but it's something definitely that we can keep an eye on. Val says that the beautiful people are washed up. You know what it is, Val? I don't think that they're washed up. I think that TNA has, you know, damaged them because they broke them apart. They broke them up. They put them back together. They broke them up. They put them back together. 
uh, Velvet Sky became Stone Cold Steve Austin and Angelina Love became, you know, a mannequin. She became a sex doll, a sex doll in ring gear. But um, in terms of the overall gimmick, I think the beautiful people worked extremely well together. And I think it's something that they can definitely bring to WWE in a, in a more watered down capacity. But still, you know, they can still be sexy and get away with the shit they got. Um, you know, it's it's one of those things where we got to take a wait and see approach. Val says they look all worn out, especially Angelina Love. Well, you know what's funny? Uh, Velvet Sky dates Bubba Ray Dudley. So, you know, ipso facto by the, you know, by, by the law of meat injection, uh, she may get a job. (laughs) That's all I'm saying. She, she may get one. Uh, Angelina Love, I don't, you know what the thing is? Even whether you love or hate Angelina Love, she's a solid wrestler. You know, again, you know, maybe, maybe, maybe she's, you know, a little, a little, a little beat up if you want to say that, which again, I'm not, it's, it's tough to say, but you know, some people are going to say that. I I mean, I think Angelina Love as a performer, um, can still, can still perform. She can wrestle very well. Uh, you know, it it, does the Botox and the, and the tanning and everything do, do her any favors? No. Is the fact that she's, you know, uh, pretty much starving and, and, and bone thin. It's a, it's a little scary, but I, I think that again, the beautiful people gimmick can work. I, I definitely think it can. And it's funny because uh, while we're on the subject of TNA, they've, um, you know, they've done, they've announced a couple of, of, of signings as well. They signed, uh, Marcus Louis and Sylvester Lafort, which I said, they also signed Laura Dennis with cherry bomb. Um, you know, they've, they've done, they've done a lot of, a lot of good stuff. And it's funny cause they publicly acknowledge these signings. Now, um, you know, Marcus Louis and Sylvester LaFord, I thought that they were a good uh, foreign tag team when they were in NXT, but the minute that you shaved um, Marcus Louis' head and you just stopped using Sylvester LaFord, I knew it was inevitable that they would get cut. I think in uh, TNA's tag team ranks, they would do well uh, in terms of, you know, how it's going to pan out. We'll see. But, um, you know, good, good, good grabs by TNA. Uh, curious to see, like I said, what happens with Velvet and Angelina Love. But um, if anything changes, I'll definitely let you guys know. During last week's wrestling segment, I told you guys about the possibility that Luke Harper was going to be on the shelf after an injury he sustained during a dark match uh, during last week's Raw. Turns out that he did indeed uh, injure his knee and um, he's going to be out five to six months huge blow for the Wyatt family at this point. I mean, not to say that um, Eric Rowan and Braun Strowman can't hold it down in his absence, but in terms of work rate and wrestling performance, I think that Luke Harper is head and shoulders above any of those guys, even Bray Wyatt at this point. Um, But again, he's going to be out six months, big blow to the Wyatt family. But as much as it is a big blow to them, the fact is that they're not even, they're not even being used correct they're not even being used correctly as well so it doesn't even matter um slick asked is bray wyatt injured yes bray wyatt has been nursing a back injury that's why you haven't really seen him involved too heavily uh in a lot of tv as well so um you know it's it's one of those things where 
you know, you didn't take advantage of these guys when they were healthy. And just when you thought that they were going to gain some momentum, the injury bug strikes and they are on the shelf. Like I said, Harper's on the shelf for six months. Wyatt is nursing a back injury and you pretty much got Strowman and Eric Rowan holding it down. Now, what they do with those guys during, you know, Harper's absence remains to be seen, but they really need to do something you know, memorable with the Wyatt family because otherwise they're just going to become stagnant and they're going to lose that mystique and appeal that have made them, you know, cult favorites with the fans. We'll see what happens, but definitely wish, um, you know, Luke Harper a speedy recovery. Look forward to seeing him back in the ring in five to six months. Uh, the big boss man, as many of you know, is being inducted into the WWE Hall of Fame and WWE announced that slick uh, Jive talking slick, not our slick, will be inducting the big boss man into the WWE Hall of Fame. The Doctor of Style, as many of you know, was the big boss man's first manager in the WWE, and um, he will be handling the induction duties. Of course, for those of you looking forward to the WWE Hall of Fame ceremony, you will be able to watch that April 2nd on the WWE Network. Another announcement that was made was the recipient for the Warrior Award which is going to author and breast cancer survivor Joan London, um, who will be receiving the Warrior Award. Of course, she's been doing, um, in addition to obviously being an author and a breast cancer survivor, uh, she has been a news anchor and has been uh, the champion of many charitable causes. I think uh, she is a fitting recipient for the Warrior Award, and I'm sure that there will not be a dry eye in the house uh, when she receives that award on April 2nd. On the celebrity side of things, Snoop Dogg will be the celebrity inductee into WWE's Hall of Fame. And um, I don't know how I feel about it. I mean, Snoop Dogg's been involved in, in a lot of WWE moments. And, um, you know, I think it's it's interesting. It's amusing. Um, but I don't. Is it necessary? Did you have to do it? I, I'm, I'm unsure of a celebrity of another celebrity I would have put in the Hall of Fame at this time, but uh, Snoop Snoop Dogg's all right, man. I guess I, I just feel that the stuff he's been involved in has been so forgettable that nothing springs to mind in terms of, you know, other celebrities who have had bigger impacts. I mean, Snoop Dogg's definitely been, um, you know, a, a, a valid inductee, but I just feel, you know, you could have put like, you could put John Stewart in there. I mean, John Stewart's been involved in a lot of cool shit, and, um, you know, with him no longer being on TV, I think it would have been cool to see. But uh, Snoop Dogg is the one. So we'll see what happens. Like I said, Hall of Fame goes down April 2nd. Another bit of news that has been making the rounds, as many of you know, Bobby Roode and Eric Young have uh, are wrapping up their contracts with TNA and will be free agents. Uh, a lot of rumors floating around that they have been um, you know, they have reached WWE has reached out through intermediaries for both guys. Um, a lot of people are saying that there's a lot more interest in EY than Bobby Roode, which I don't understand for the life of me. I feel that Bobby Roode is a complete wrestler. He's got the look, the mic work and, and just the, the ring work to, to really bring something unique to the WWE. I mean, it's all about gimmick at that point, but I think in terms of work, uh, Bobby Roode is is definitely one of one of those A plus guys. Uh, curious to see what he does if they bring him in. I mean, I would have loved for him and James Storm to have come in together. I think WWE could have done something big with Beer Money, 
And it's unfortunate that James Storm, you know, he came in for a sip of coffee and left. But, um, you know, Rude and I think Rude is going to be an awesome addition. EY, I just see him being saddled with, you know, a Eugene gimmick and it just being completely fucking terrible. Uh, but Bobby Rude, man, don't I don't know if if the rumors are true. WWE should not be overlooking this guy. This guy was pretty much one of the building blocks of TNA and has been involved in way too many amazing matches to list uh, off the top of my head. But they do themselves a disservice if they didn't lock down uh, the it factor of TNA. But we'll see what happens again. It's rumors and speculation. But I, I definitely think that Rude, if if signed, would be a huge addition to the WWE. Um Beer money equals not PG, according to Val. You, you know, it's 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 funny because it's like on one hand, Stone Cold still comes out and has beers and drops people on their fucking ass, uh, but eh, maybe not. Who knows? But in any case, I, I think um, you know Bobby Roode is a great grab. Eric Young, I'm curious about. Definitely a wait and see approach with what they do with EY, but Roode definitely an awesome addition. For those of you that have been chomping at the bit for updates about WWE's Global Cruiserweight Series, uh, we actually have a debut date for you guys. It will be debuting on the WWE Network on July 13th and will be running for 10 episodes. It will feature 32 205-pound competitors. Uh, they're saying that if, uh, wrestlers from Evolve, Progress Wrestling, and Revolution Pro are are going to be involved. All three promotions are going to be holding bouts uh, to determine some of the competitors that will enter the Global Cruiserweight Series. But these three companies are going to be involved, that's for sure. I think Evolve has a lot of awesome talent, and I think um, WWE is going to showcase a lot of really amazing guys that people haven't really had an opportunity to see outside of maybe YouTube or if they are hardcore supporters of any of these organizations. I'm, I'm going to be watching this with much interest again Global Cruiserweight Series goes live, WWE Network, 10-episode run, July 13th. All right, so the other bit of news before I get into my predictions for Mania uh, involves the possibility of WWE rebranding the Divas division. Uh, as of right now, uh, PW Insider, uh, SESScoops.com, and a couple of other sites have been reporting that WWE is going to be rebranding the Divas division uh, as soon as the Raw after WrestleMania. And there are reports that a new women's championship is being commissioned. Uh, it's going to look similar to the current WWE title, just being a little smaller. I think that the Divas term, I, I understand why they did it and what they were hoping to accomplish with it. But I understand that and I agree with the fact that the women's division has evolved past the term diva. And I think just being the WWE women's champion is, is fine. I think that, you know, going with a legitimate belt and not a belt that you can pick up in the Barbie aisle at your local toys. R us is the, is a step in the right direction as a fan. I think that, um, you know, it's, it's good. They're, they're taking this seriously or as serious as we can hope. And, um, you know, hopefully it'll pay off. Hopefully the, the women will step it up. And we'll start seeing some some genuinely good matches that aren't that don't consist of hair pulling and uh, forearms to the head. I, I I mean we want to see real legitimate chain wrestling, great impact moves, stuff like that. 
uh, you know, the, the women's division should be viewed like the men's division at all times. There shouldn't be any sort of segregation. Uh, they should have, you know, just as, you know, I'm going to, I'm going to go off the rails a little bit. Lucha underground, I think does an amazing job with their female performers. They do not only wrestle each other, but they wrestle men as well. And the intergender matches don't look like complete freak shows, but like genuine wrestling contests. I mean, when Eva Lee went in there and she had a match with uh, Mil Muertes a couple of weeks back, it was, you know, it was, it was solid, man. Even, even for someone so small working, working, uh, you know, as good of a match as she could with a guy like Mil Muertes was still solid. And that's what I'm saying. I mean, even TNA back in the old days had some of the best uh, women's matches in quite some time. Most of them involved Gail Kim, Awesome Kong, and, you know, a host of other performers. But, you know, why why can't the premier wrestling organization uh, in the U.S. have similar, if not better quality matches considering the women that they have in their stable? And this is one of those things that, as a fan, I feel... We can we can definitely go in that direction, but I think that killing uh, putting a bullet in the in the diva term is a step in the right direction. I think that that's definitely what needs to be done, and if true, I think it's going to be uh, you know the beginning of something special for that division. I can only hope, like I said, that it doesn't just break down into hair pulling and bullshit. Anyway, to wrap things up. Our WrestleMania picks uh, to wrap, you know, to wrap up the show for tonight and the segment. Uh, we're going to close out with our WrestleMania picks. Uh, you know, we got the Andre the Giant Memorial Battle Royal, which essentially is all the usual suspects that don't have matches being involved. I uh, it's tough to call who I would see winning that, only because guys who you thought were shoe ins like Cesaro are on the shelf. Um, a guy like Luke Harper, I thought could have won it, but. Not the case. I mean, you know, Slater, Dallas, Axel, uh, Adam Rose, Big Show, Kane, Tyler Breeze, and a host of other superstars are going to be involved. If I had to pick anyone, it's probably, I'd go with probably Braun Strowman, only because they want to push this guy so bad, and the Wides don't have anything going on at Mania. If, if I could see anybody winning it, I could see Braun Strowman being the guy, and that can be the beginning of them pushing him as a legitimate monster in the division. Uh, if I had to go with anybody else, um, you know, Val, Val is funny. He, he said, uh, John Cena in the chat. Uh, I, if, if that were the case, it would be, it would be amusing only because obviously he wouldn't have to work very hard, but given his injury, not happening. Um, I, I I'm probably just going to go with Braun Strowman. If he's in the match in terms of anybody else outside of Strowman, it's a, it, you know, it's pretty much stick your name in the hat and pull a name out because it's, you know, it, it's, it's unfortunate to say that such a, a memorable match is such a throwaway match, but it is in any case, if Strowman's involved, he is my pick, uh, United States title Kalisto and Ryback as much as, you know, they're building up Ryback and they're trying to make the big guy a force. I think keeping the belt on Kalisto and building him up as a singles competitor is the right thing to do. Um, you know, you, you could, you could put the belt on Ryback, but what then? And I say this just because anytime Ryback has held a title, they've done nothing of substance with him. And I think that working as a guy chasing the title is going to allow him to improve 
And um, I'm going with Kalisto retaining the U.S. title at Mania. Um, Team Total Divas versus Team Bad and Blonde. I am. Uh, I'm gonna. I'm gonna go with. Uh, I'm gonna go with uh, Team Total Divas retaining. Retaining the belts. Uh, retaining the belts. <laughs> what I, I'm. I'm pull, I'm doing the. Um, oh man, what the hell? That was a botch. That was a. Um, what the hell's her name? That was a Lillian Garcia level botch. Um, in terms of of that battle between the divas, I gotta say that Team Total Divas is probably gonna come away with the victory in this match. As much as you know, Tamina and Naomi are 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 you know viable factors in this match. I think that if Brie Bella's retirement is imminent, you're gonna want her to go out on a high note. And strictly on that premise alone, I think they're going to want to give her her WrestleMania moment to close things out. And um, I got no problem with it. I mean, like I said, she's going to retire. Uh, you you know, give her her WrestleMania moment just to thank her for her service and, you know, move on. I think that this match is, is you know, it's a filler match. I, it may even be happening during the pre-show. But um, in any case, you know, I, I got no problem with it. But I, I do feel that Brie Bella's team definitely should win as just a way to to close out her story, give her her WrestleMania moment, and allow her to retire. Chris Jericho and AJ Styles, I think, is going to be one of those matches that is capable of stealing the show. Uh, It's very tough to root against either guy, but I'm going to go with AJ Styles getting a WrestleMania moment in a hard-fought match with Chris Jericho. Um, I think that, you know, they're going to start transitioning Chris Jericho to a feud which uh, with uh, Shinsuke, uh, Shinsuke Nakamura when WWE tours Japan, and because of that, I think that uh, he's gonna he's gonna definitely put over AJ, and I think the crowd's gonna go crazy, and it's gonna be a great night for both performers. The Usos and the Dudleys, you know, there's a lot riding on this match. Obviously, somebody's going through a table, but I feel if the Dudleys win. It's only because they want to do something meaningful with them in the future. But I also feel that if you're going to do something with the tag team division as a whole, I would rather invest the energy in the Usos only because they're young, they're popular, and the crowd is into them. Um, the Dudley boys, win or lose, they're always going to be over, whether they put people through tables or not. They just, you know, it's it's one of the last bits of nostalgia for ECW and... Um, I think it's fitting. I think it's uh, it's fitting for the Usos to go over because, like I said, a loss will not hurt the Dudley boys. So the Usos are my pick. The Intercontinental title ladder match has the potential to just be amazing from bell to bell. A lot of great performers there. The Miz has stepped his game up in the last couple of weeks. Curious to see if that continues. If I had to pick anyone to come away with this, I would have to go with Sami Zayn winning this match or Kevin Owens retaining. Uh, if Kevin Owens retains, I think a program with Sami Zayn on a grander stage is is incredible and will definitely be something worth watching. But if, um, you know, Sami Zayn wins, it opens him up to a wealth of challengers. And, you know, the fact is that any way you slice it, it's, it's going to be a good match. But my picks are either Zayn as the upset Obviously, leading to something long term with Owens or Owens retaining. That's that's pretty much it. Like I said, um, 
either it's going to be one of those two guys. As much as I like Dolph Ziggler and I like Zack Ryder and I like Sin Cara, you know, those guys are just there because they're great workers and they're capable of delivering uh, some really solid ring work, especially in high profile matches. But at the end of the day, it's going to go to it's going to probably go to Sammy or Kevin Owens is going to retain. Like I said, if Owens retains, it'll be great for his gimmick. If Sammy wins, it's going to open up a ton of amazing match opportunities for the new IC champion. Uh, the New Day in the League of Nations, the New Day, I'm sure, is going to have an amazing entrance. I've heard rumblings of really cool stuff. Uh, some people are saying that The Rock may get involved in this match and help the New Day win. Not sure. Not sure if I buy that. I know, you know, we all know that The Rock is going to be there, but I just, I don't see that being the case. Um, if anything, I see the New Day beating the League of Nations. I think that Wade Barrett will probably eat the pinfall, uh, since he is on his way out of WWE. And, um, I think it's just going to be a fun match. There were rumors that it was going to be for the tag team titles, and now it's not. Uh, not sure if that's the case. Um, either way it goes, I'd love, I'd love to see, you know, something big done with the New Day because the crowd is into the gimmick now. The turn is, is pretty much all, almost complete almost until the big WrestleMania moment. And um, I think feuding with the league of nations has done really, it's, it's been very good for their stable. It's been very good for their gimmick. I'm curious to see where they go from here. Uh, the divas title match, Charlotte, Sasha Banks, Becky Lynch, another match that given a, a, a solid amount of time has the potential to be memorable in every capacity I definitely see Sasha Banks finally getting that big moment and winning the belt at WrestleMania. I love Becky Lynch. I think she's a great character. Um, I think she gets the job done in the ring, but I think that, you know, the next, the next person to keep an eye on is going to be Sasha Banks. And I think, uh, she's going to, she's going to get her WrestleMania moment this Sunday. No holds barred street fight is tailor made for Dean Ambrose to win. And honestly, it wouldn't hurt Brock Lesnar in the least if Ambrose won. But I do feel that given that Brock Lesnar has performed so well at WrestleMania and it's the big stage, I don't think WWE is going to shoot him in the foot by allowing Ambrose to win. So as much as it pains me to admit it, uh, the the fan in me says Dean Ambrose is going to win. The uh, The rational pundit uh, the opinionated pundit says that it's probably going to be Brock Lesnar uh, getting the pinfall in a hard-fought match. I think Dean Ambrose is going to go out there and really, you know, lay it on the line, and we're going to see some really, really violent, uh, stiff wrestling uh, from both of these competitors. And I think it's going to be another match that people are going to be talking about in terms of brutality the following night. So I see Brock Lesnar winning this one, but. Not easily, that's for sure. The Hell in the Cell match with Taker and Shane McMahon, Undertaker's career is on the line, according to Vince. I I see Shane McMahon winning. I also see him um, dissolving Vince's stipulation. Uh, we'll probably get one more match with Taker next year. Maybe he'll go into Hall of Fame. Maybe we'll see him and Sting, unless Sting retires uh, during his Hall of Fame speech this Sunday. I think uh, Shano is definitely winning it. Expect a huge spot. I see something happening on the cell, on the top of the cell. Uh, something big is happening, and Shano's going to do it. And um, 
I see Shane McMahon walking out the winner, well, crawling out the winner and taking WWE into into the next uh, the next phase. We'll see what happens. Um, like I said, there there's a lot of factors at play. People say there could be interference. Uh, people say, you know, there there was actually a joke floating around that we may see the return of the Mean Street Posse to help out Shane McMahon. I would lose my shit if that happened. I think it would be really fucking cool, but um. I don't see that being the case, but you never know. Definitely see Shano winning it and, um, you know, ushering us into a new era the following Monday. As for the World Heavyweight title match, I see Roman Reigns getting his WrestleMania moment. Um, you know, with the rocks, with the rock being at Mania, you never know. He might be involved. Uh, if you wanted to turn Roman Reigns heel, and this is, this is, you know, this is, this is a, a huge what if. You would have Roman Reigns win. The Rock comes out to congratulate him and he spears the Rock. You know, he Superman punches the Rock, spears him and beats him up. I think, I think that would be huge. And, and, you know, I think that would probably be a good way to solidify Roman Reigns as a, as a heel, if you went that route, um, there's always the possibility of Lesnar and Ambrose having an appearance from The Rock to set up Lesnar and The Rock at SummerSlam. There's always that possibility, but I think if you wanted to do something big, you would have Roman Reigns attack The Rock at the end of of WrestleMania. You know, Roman wins, Rock comes out to congratulate him, he beats up The Rock. Then on Monday, he talks about, you know, I did this all by myself. You know, The Rock came out and tried to steal my thunder. I'm tired of that guy doing that. We don't need that shit. You know, whatever the case may be, but that would be a great way to really push Roman Reigns in a completely, you know, crazy direction. Because nobody would see it coming, you know, their family, but it would be crazy. He comes out, he spears The Rock, beats him up. The Usos come out, they're like, yo, man, what are you doing? He beats up The Usos. And then Monday, Roman Reigns cuts, you know, the promo of promos. And um, that would be awesome. I I don't see Triple H retaining. I mean, there there was like a, a, a 10% chance, you know, when I was thinking about this that I said, eh, he could he could walk out with the belt. But um I think I think Roman's gonna be the guy that's gonna win it. You're gonna get the confetti, you're gonna get the big moment, but if you wanna do something fucking crazy to get people talking. Roman Reigns attacking The Rock post-WrestleMania celebration would definitely set the internet on fire. People are like, oh, shit, you know, because it, it's crazy, it's far-fetched, but it would work. That's all I'm saying. Anyway, those are my WrestleMania 32 picks. I expected to hear from Captain Cork this evening. I'm presuming that scheduling uh, got in the way, real life got in the way, but in any case... Uh, that's going to close out our wrestling segment. So with that, I've given you my take on MMA and wrestling this week, including WrestleMania. I would love to hear yours. Feel free to reach out via social media. If you're on Twitter, you can hit us up at my take radio altogether or at rage underscore works. You can also become a fan on Facebook, facebook.com forward slash official rage works. You can also join the rage works group and interact with the rest of the rage works, MTR and MTR staff as well as some of the other listeners and readers as well. You can also find us on Snapchat, doing a lot more stuff with Snapchat. Look for RageWorks 
and um, add us. You know, we're trying to do little videos behind the scenes. We're going to try and do some content coverage and some other stuff little by little, trying to get the hang of of the platform, trying to do some different things. And, um, you know, hopefully that'll be a great way to engage with you guys as well. Of course, you can also find us on Instagram, Rageworks on Instagram. Uh, if you're a Pinterest user, we put pictures on there from our content. Uh, been a little, been a little, uh, lazy with the Pinterest lately, but you can look for Rageworks on Pinterest as well. We're also on Tumblr and Google plus in addition to all the usual places as well. Archived episodes of this show and any past shows can be found for video, uh, youtube.com forward slash official Rageworks, and you can get all our episodes there. Uh, audio versions of this show will be available in podcast format on iTunes, Stitcher, and TuneIn Radio. But as always, you can get the best MTR experience with the My Take Radio app, available for iOS, Android, and Windows mobile devices. Uh, you get 96K stereo episodes of the show, mobile wallpapers, and other exclusive content as well. As I said, it's $1.99, cheaper than a cup of coffee from Starbucks. And not only that, but every little bit helps in allowing us to give you guys the best programming and content possible. Uh, we're definitely going to do something with the Patreon campaign now that I've given it some thought, especially if we want to branch out into some other mediums. So keep it locked to Rageworks for that. Uh, you can join us this Thursday. Well, it's officially Thursday already. You can join us Thursday night at 11 p.m. Eastern, 8 p.m. Pacific for the gaming and entertainment edition of My Take Radio. Uh, again, as I mentioned at the start of the show, we will have a wrestling uh, an MMA and wrestling show on April 6th, but we will not have a gaming and entertainment show on April 7th, unfortunately. So again, uh, we'll be back uh, for gaming and entertainment on Thursday, which is officially today now, and uh, MMA and wrestling next Wednesday, but there will not be a gaming and entertainment edition on Thursday, April 7th. All right, guys, I want to thank you guys for joining us this evening and... Um, checking out all our segments as always feel free to hit us up if you have any questions or concerns if you want to be a guest on a future episode of mtr drop me a line mtr host at mytakeradio.com or rich at rageworks.net all right guys uh time to edit some some video which hopefully didn't get damaged too badly with the stuff from earlier in the evening i'm out of here i'll catch you guys later peace